The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Sorry, Jim. So, um, as Jim mentioned, Jataka tales are tales from the Buddha's past life. So, before the Buddha became a Buddha, he was a king, he was a prime minister, he was a priest, he was animals. And Jataka tales are the stories of these different lives. Some Buddhist communities, these, um, the Jataka tales are a really important part of their Dharma talks and part of their um, cultural literacy. Part of the way that I think about it is that if I were to say um, the horse, I'm sorry, the story of the tortoise and the hare, many of you would know that story of the, with the kind of has a moral to it or a message that uh, slow and steady, the tortoise wins the race over fast and unsteady, the hare or rabbit. So that's not a Jataka tale, but that's just an example of how the role that stories can have. So this is kind of how those um, Jataka tales often are in some um, Buddhist communities. So with just kind of setting that context then, um, I'll hand it over to Jim. Okay. So the other thing that's going on today is today is Earth Day. And Earth Day is a day when we try to bring more awareness to a greater um, sense of the world that we live in. You know, most of the time the world we live in is, is pretty small. It has to do with us, maybe a spouse, a few coworkers, and, you know, how we're going to make it till the end of the day. But... On Earth Day, you know, we look at not only all, all human beings, but all sentient beings, um, all non-sentient beings, uh, plants, um, and even the inanimate things that support our life, the, the water and the oceans and the water that we drink, the land that supports us and provides us food, um, the wind, you know, our atmosphere that we breathe, and the, the fire element, the sun, that, that fuels this whole thing. So, and one of the ways, one of the useful ways to relate to this whole ecosystem, this whole planet that we um, live on, is with a sense of compassion. You know, so relating to ourselves, and those around us, and as we move to bigger and bigger spheres, to, to all of the beings on the planet with a sense of compassion and empathy. So the story we chose for tonight is um, the King Banyan Deer, which is a story about compassion. So I'll be the narrator and King Benares and... Uh, buck deer, <laughs> and Diana will be the king banyan deer, uh, the pregnant doe, and the village people. <laughs> so, I won't sing, I promise. <laughs> yeah. So, let's start. Once upon a time, an unusual and beautiful deer was born in the forest near Benares in northern India. Although he was big as a young colt, it was easy for his mother to give birth to him. When he opened his eyes, they were as bright as sparkling jewels. 
His mouth was as red as the reddest forest berries. His hooves were as black as polished coal. His little horns glistened like silver, and his color was golden, like a perfect summer's dawn. As he grew up, a herd of 500 deer gathered around him, and he became known as King Banyan Deer. Meanwhile, not far away, another beautiful buck deer was born, just as splendidly golden in color. In time, a separate herd of 500 deer came to follow him, and he was known as Branch Deer. The king of Benares at that time was very fond of eating venison, so he regularly hunted and killed deer. Each time he hunted, he, he went to a different village and ordered the people to serve him. They had to stop what they were doing, whether plowing or harvesting or whatever, and work in the king's hunting party. The people's lives were upset by these interruptions. They grew fewer crops and other businesses also less income. So they came together and decided to build a large deer park for the king at Benares. There he could hunt by himself with no need to command the services of the villagers. So the people built the deer park. They made ponds where the deer could drink and added trees and grasses for them to eat from. When it was ready, they opened the gate and went out into the nearby forests. They surrounded the entire herds of banyan and branch deer. Then, with sticks and weapons and noisemakers, they drove them all into the deer park trap and locked the gates behind them. After the deer had settled down, the people went to the king and said, Our crops and income have suffered because of your hunting requirements. Now we have made you a pleasant, safe deer park where you can hunt by yourself as you like. With no need of our aid, you can enjoy both the hunting and the eating of deer. The king went to the new deer park. There, he was pleased to see the vast herds. While watching them, his eye was caught by the two magnificent golden deer with large, fully grown antlers. Because he admired their unusual beauty, the king granted immunity to these two um, alone. He ordered that they should be completely safe. No one was to harm or kill them. Once a day, the king would come and kill a deer for his dinner table. Sometimes, when he was too busy, the royal cook would do this. The body would then be brought to the chopping block to be butchered for the oven. So this is not a very um, Bambi-like story, right? I mean, this is, you know, I mean, in order for compassion to arise, there has to be pain and suffering. Whenever the deer saw the bows and arrows, they went into a panic, trembling for their lives. They ran around wildly, some being injured and some wounded, many suffering great pain. One day, King Banyan Deer's herd gathered around him. He called Branch Deer, and the two herds um, joined for a meeting. King Banyan Deer addressed them. Although in the end there is no escape from death, 
this needless suffering due to injuries and wounds can be prevented. Since the king only wishes the meat of one deer per day, let one be chosen by us each day to submit himself or herself to the chopping block. One day from my herd and next day from branch deer's herd, the victim's lot will fall to one deer at a time. Branch deer agreed. From then on, the one whose turn it was meekly surrendered and laid his neck on the block. The cook came each day, simply killing the waiting victim, and prepared the king's venison. One day, the turn fell by chance to a pregnant doe in Branch Deer's herd. Caring for the others as well as herself and the unborn one, she went to Branch Deer and said, My lord, I am pregnant. Grant that I may live until I have delivered my fawn. Then we will fill two turns rather than just one. This will save a turn and thereby a single life for one long day. Branch Deer replied, No, no, I cannot change the rules in midstream and put your turn upon another. The pregnancy is yours. The babe is your responsibility. Now leave me. Having failed with Branch Deer, the poor mother, though, went to King Banyan Deer and explained her plight. He replied gently, Go in peace. I will change the rules in midstream and put your turn upon another. And the deer king went to the executioner's block and laid down his golden neck upon it. A silence fell in the deer park. And some who tell this story even say that a silence also fell in other worlds not seen from here. Soon the royal cook came to kill the willing victim on the block. But when he saw that it was one of the two golden deer the king had ordered spared, he was afraid to kill him. So he went and told the king of Benares. The king was surprised, so he went to the park. He said to the golden deer, still lying on the block, O king of deer, did I not promise to spare your life? What is the reason you come here like the others? O king of men, this time a pregnant doe was unlucky enough to be the one to die. She pleaded for me to spare her for the sake of others as well as her unborn baby and herself. I could not help but feel myself in her place and feel her suffering. I could not help but weep to think the little one would never see the dawn, would never taste the dew. And yet... I could not force the pain of death on another, relieved to think it was not his turn today. So, mighty king, I offer my life for the sake of the doe and her unborn fawn. Be assured there is no other reason. The king of Benares was overwhelmed. Powerful as he was, a tear rolled down his cheek. Then he said, O great lord, the golden king of deer, even among human beings, I have not seen any such as you, such great compassion to share in the suffering of others, such great generosity to give your life for others, such great kindness and tender love for all your fellow deer. Arise. I decree that you will never be killed by me or anyone else in my kingdom, and so too the doe and her babe. 
Without yet raising his head, the golden one said, Are only we to be saved? What of the other deer in the park, our friends and kin? The king said, My lord, I cannot refuse you. I grant safety and freedom to all the deer in the park. And what of the deer outside the park? Will they be killed? Asked Banyan. No, my lord. I spare all the deer in my whole kingdom. Still, the golden deer did not raise up his head. So the deer will be safe, but what will the other four-footed animals do? My lord, from now on they too are safe in my land. And what of the birds? They too want to live. Yes, my lord. The birds too will be safe from death at the hands of men. And what of the fish who live in the water? Even the fish will be free to live, my lord. So saying, the king of Benares granted immunity from hunting and killing to all the animals in his land. Having pleaded for the lives of all creatures, the great being arose. So that's the story. So what we would like would be for you to be able to participate and share what this story evoked from you. And so I'd like to ask you all to, for those that are willing, to get into groups of three and then we'll give you some instructions. Now, if you really don't want to talk, if if you'd rather not participate, it's fine to just sit in silence and maybe reflect on the story. But I suggest that you stay if you you can. Um, What we'll be doing is we'll be breaking into groups of three and for 15 minutes. So each person in the group will be given five minutes to say whatever they want to say. And the other two people, their only task is to just listen and be completely present for the person whose turn it is. So there's no asking of questions or um, you know, expounding on somebody else's um, story. You just, you just sit and listen. And after four minutes, I'll ring a bell. And then after five minutes, I'll ring two bells. And then we'll just go into silence for a bit and then change. So what I'd, what I'd, um, yeah, what I suggest is that you might find that as you heard this story, you might think of something that happened to you, some act of compassion that either, either a that you either performed or received. Or it might be a story of, of something that um, somebody else experienced with compassion. You may also make up a story. You can be creative in this. Or um, just talk about what, 
was evoked for you as you heard this story about a being who, whose compassion spread from himself to a pregnant doe to his whole herd to all of the to all of the deer everywhere to all beings and if you don't want to speak i mean if if you don't have to fill the whole 5 minutes silence is a perfectly um valid way to respond um so why don't you mo- look around and maybe find two other people and um and once you're once you're in a group then we'll ring a bell to start all beings our friends our family our coworkers our neighbors maybe wish well to those that are sick like Tan Jeff um maybe wish well to those who maybe couldn't hear tonight because of the failure of the system um and when may we greet the world with compassion so thank you all